Hey traders, welcome to another Performante podcast. This is episode 27 and we're gonna, we're gonna be talking about uh, some news from the Fed that's gonna be coming up. Gonna be talking a little bit into the doves and hawks within the Fed policymakers for a quick short minute. And then you're gonna be talking about some institutional investors, institutional money and billionaires who are interested and focused on mining BTC instead of the older, I guess, steel fabrication that they were looking at. And then we're gonna end off the video with a little bit of a bang with some news from Pornhub. So uh, thank you very much for joining another podcast and I'll pass it over on to Nathan. Thanks for tuning in everyone. So we'll just jump right into it. We got no, we got news from Jay Powell and the goons of the Federal Reserve. Uh, they will be having meetings on Tuesday and Wednesday of next week. Uh, and basically this will be a policy meeting where they are going to discuss uh, basically the state of the Ameri American economy, how it's performed, and their outlook. What's really going to be key coming out of this is basically their action plan. Because they got two strategies to manipulate and modulate the economy. Quantitative easing, repurchase obligations. Just realistically, we've seen such an expansion of their balance sheet. I think that that will continue to happen. Uh, as of recent estimates, people think that they have $7.3 trillion on the federal's asset holdings list, which is absolutely obscene. Yeah, pretty, uh, pretty unbelievable stuff. And um, looking at the CPI numbers, the consumer price index numbers for America, let me just control F. Uh, oops, just looking for that number. I might Oh, there it is right here. So it's around the consumer price index is 0 0.042. And what this represents is the average rise in, in percentage terms of the cost of goods and services in a basket. So we're seeing the inflation rate is basically nothing. Uh, we're not at deflation, which would be a negative number, but we're not seeing any real sign of inflation. So there is no real need to raise interest rates in my personal opinion. I think they're gonna keep them here or even go lower at basically zero or at zero or even negative, right? We don't exactly know. But at this point in time, I think they're going to keep on creating stimulus. I don't think that there's going to be uh, any real let off and uh, really any level of hawkish. I think there's going to be at least the same level of stimulus or there's going to be even more dovishness and more stimulus that's going to be coming because uh, they really only have two options, right? They have to either, unfortunately, destroy the dollar, the value of the currency, or they're gonna to have to raise interest rates because there's too much inflation, and then that creates the zombie companies that we've been talking about to uh, have the difficulty of not being able to get cheap, free, basically money almost. It's very cheap compared to some of the rates that we saw in history. So there's going to be a massive shift in if interest rates rises because everyone for the past, let's say, over a decade has been basically living off extremely cheap interest rates. You know, a lot of people have gone accustomed to it, even large corporations and companies. So if the interest rates rises, it's, it's going to be a big problem. And they know that. So they are in a little bit of a pickle. Yeah, it's absolutely obscene to see how all these factors integrate into how the economy how the economy performs on both that international scale within how the US dollar is worldly revered, but also within that perception of how the people in the economy seem to be faring. Like unemployment 
it recovered, but it's still only 50% of what it was before. Vaccines coming out, it seems like overall, I can, there's going to be an event. And it'll be interesting to see if they put the brakes on and slap on deflation and realistically knock a lot of companies out of existence that are relying on that cheap debt, or they're just going to feed the fire of the inflation cycle. So keep your eyes out for that news. We'll likely keep discussing uh, different different series of events that happen because of these stories. It'll be interesting to see just what the Federal Reserve has to say in their policy meeting. And so our next story is coming out of Ukraine. Uh, basically, one of the oligarchs of the country has a U.S. steel plant that has not been doing too hot. His net worth is $1.1 billion. He's from a privately owned bank and basically had this foreign investment. Steel plant was hit by the coronavirus, had some pretty suspicious allegations, and eventually uh, cut all their staff. And that was allegedly the end of it. But a few months ago, workers have been returning, and this steel factory has now turned into a Bitcoin mining factory. Uh, it's kind of happened underneath the shade of night, let's call it. Seems to have caught a lot of people off guard that they were still kind of operating and just had reorientated their business model. Yeah, definitely a really cool story. And I love seeing people who are uh, <laughs> oligarchs in Ukraine definitely have some interest in BTC. So uh, more de decentralization, right? We see countries and companies all over the world start to pop up, start to mine BTC and uh, might not be as profitable for the mom and pop and the average Joe, but the money's still definitely there for people who have the capital to back and, and create these massive uh, <laughs> mining factories. They're not like one room, right? They are massive, massive buildings uh, full of mining equipment, right? And um, you got to have that ability to be able to uh, back it up with capital. So to continue on with the overall investment and the overall uh, theme of BTC being bullish in terms of the fundamentals, we're going to be talking about a Swiss crypto bank that has tokenized shares and are preparing for a public offering, which is pretty cool. And uh, they're going to be the first bank in the world to tokenize their shares. Uh, this is a quote by them. It's an important milestone towards fulfilling our mission of creating more direct and efficient access to the ownership of value. This includes new engagement models with our clients and partners and ultimately providing liquidity for trusted shareholders. So it's really cool to see a bank actually implement uh, tokenization. We've talked about some companies, some smaller companies do this. But uh, yeah, the fact that this large institutional bank is uh, willing to tokenize and sell their shares within a blockchain is pretty unbelievable. And they uh, presented this officially on December 14th. Yeah, this is definitely one of the leading banks, let's call it, just for having that progressive adoption. It's also interesting to note that this bank was the first issuer of a digital franc stablecoin. Uh, and it looks like they are eagerly, eagerly adding different crypto services to their commercial customers, uh, which is a very nice thing to see, honestly, because within the traditional banking markets, I feel like there's a lot of friction between banking companies and crypto companies. Like, for example, in Canada, certain banks will block your transfers if you know if they know it's going to a crypto exchange. 
some will close your account over the matter. So there's a lot of hostility and friction in that relationship. But just across the pond in Switzerland, it looks like that relationship is starting to thrive as these hybrid crypto banks come to light. It'd be interesting to see if they have like aggressive savings accounts or take advantage of any of like the DeFi mechanisms that can benefit commercial banking. Yeah, they're salty, man. <laughs> Let's just say that. <laughs> no. So, uh, oh, go ahead. Yeah, no doubt for sure. So uh, moving on to the next topic, we're going to be talking about PayPal. Uh, they have gained a whopping 17% since November 12th. That's when they introduced uh, the crypto trading platform to its U.S. customers, which basically allows people to uh, get exposure in BTC, buy it, sell it, and uh, really be able to utilize it a lot easier than, let's say, uh, putting it on a ledger, I guess. Um, it could be easy if you know the steps, but I understand the uh, difficulties and kind of the uh, frustrations if you are new to this space. But uh, yeah, PayPal has been going on a buying spree before, uh, even before they actually launched the service for their U.S. customers. They were buying 70% of the newly minted BTC the weeks leading up to the actual platform going live. So that's pretty unbelievable, right? That's just one company purchasing every, basically 70% of all the new BTC that is introduced within the uh, pool of BTC that's circulating, right? The float. So to see just one company have that much invested in uh, the newly minted coins, and then you look at Grayscale, you look at all these other companies that are purchasing hundreds of millions of dollars, it really puts it into perspective that there is a significant amount of demand coming in. And um, there is, in my opinion, not enough BTC to go around. So uh, I think we see that very, very easily within this within this post here. Yeah, and I mean, even PayPal, Cash App, Square, just reading off this article here, apparently Square's Cash App generates 80% of its revenue from fees charged with Bitcoin buying and selling. Yes. which is absolutely absurd. That's crazy that they're making such high revenue from, I feel like, what is not widely known as their most used feature. Yeah, they like somewhat recently introduced it. Like what were they doing before they've introduced that? You know, if it's 80% of their revenue and leading up to it, they were a profitable company. And then you see what they're making from just introducing BTC. I think that really opens up a lot of doors as to, uh, how other companies and how other platforms are going to open up crypto because they see that and go, wow, that's a huge revenue stream that we're missing out on. Let's incorporate that within our business so then we're able to tap into that uh, new market. And I think a lot of these smaller corporations are going to look at that and then follow suit. And then here we have it. We have mass adoption. So it's pretty interesting. Just like that mass adoption. Speaking of which, got another story coming at you. As promised, this is the news about Pornhub. So they have 42 billion website visits a year. Estimates are that they get 11,100 hours of video watched per minute, what? which is absolutely absurd. And this website is no longer accepting uh, MasterCard, Visa, or PayPal as all three of those companies have severed business ties over some allegations on how they're operating their business. And so now, as a result, they only accept cryptocurrency for their premium monthly subscription. 
Uh, it looks like there's 11 options to pay with Bitcoin, Bitcoin Cash, Dash, Ethereum, Ethereum Classic, Litecoin, Monero, NEM, Tether, Tron, Verge, Waves, and Zcash. Quite the collection of different coins they are accepting. They have a payment processor which is facilitating the transaction. And overall, it's pretty interesting to see such a monumental move happen in such a short period of time. They needed that decentralized transaction structure. They needed someone, or they needed an instrument to transfer value without any intermediary saying, no, we don't want to facilitate that. Because if crypto didn't exist in this circumstance, they wouldn't exist as a business. They went from accepting fiat through intermediaries who were taking their fair share of a cut to being completely independent, which is pretty impressive to see that big of a shift in such a short period of time. Yeah, honestly. And I think uh, these companies who we talked about, people like PayPal, MasterCard, Visa, I think they might start understanding that they could get completely shut, of, shut out of the system, right? With digital currencies, with the ability to have a trustless system without a third party validating that, yes, you got the money. Yes, you sent the money. You know, that's all done using using an algorithm within blockchain. So if you're using smart contracts, you don't necessarily need to use a PayPal or a MasterCard or a Visa. So I think either they're going to have to change or they're going to basically be either bought out or go out of business and bankrupt like Blockbuster with, was with Netflix, right? At a certain point, they could have they could have shifted, they could have adapted. But if uh, these companies and corporations aren't going to adapt, then they will just slowly die out. So pretty interesting to see. I think uh, they will have to make some changes. Uh, might not be as lucrative for them, but at the end of the day, if you want to survive, you have to uh, be willing to accept those, those shifts in the market, especially when they're disruptive as blockchain. So uh, that sums up the rest of the Performante podcast. This was episode 27. We really hope you enjoy it. Uh, overall, in terms of a uh, quick market update, looking really bullish. We haven't seen a breakout yet, but BTC is looking pretty good. We'll definitely keep you updated with our Discord as well as our YouTube. So definitely check those out. And I'll pass it over on to Nathan to complete this podcast. Thanks for tuning everyone. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Wishing you the best wherever you may be on planet Earth. Take care. Be safe.